Blog Talk Radio. I'm one of your hosts. I go by the name of Vegas, and I'm joined with my two co-hosts. They will introduce themselves. Oh, thank you, Vague. Hi, everyone. In top of the morning, well, actually, bottom of the morning, I am Jennifer L. Ellis, one of your co-hosts of Right Now Talk Radio. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Top of the morning, well, this is LaVentry Donqua. Uh, welcome to Right Now Talk Radio Live from Metro Detroit. How y'all doing this morning? Mm, fabulous. Well, I don't know about you, doing fabulous. but I'm doing great. Y'all are doing great? Yes, we are. Jennifer, right. what are we talking about today, and what is our show topic? Oh, what is our show topic? Well, you know what? Uh, you know, I love movies, and I love miniseries and things like that. So the one that's been catching my eye um, is the uh, People versus OJ. So have you all been – I know you all been following it, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so everybody's been following. They have had some very interesting um, and good acting, um, very interesting views and good acting. Um, so what, what's your uh, take on it, Vague? Because I know you're following People versus OJ. Oh, I actually – I really enjoy the uh, the miniseries. I I thought that I was uh, I would not be as interested as I have become. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is that you know when this uh, trial took place, I think it was around 1992. So I was pretty much a freshman in high school, and mm-hmm. I remember all you know everything surrounding the O.J. Simpson trial. And I remember mm-hmm. after the verdict. Uh, feeling somewhat happy or vindicated or something, but I really didn't know why. So it's it's, it's interesting now that we're watching it, so I can kind of get a better view of it. You know, viewing it when you're 15 or living it when you're 15. Now looking at it when you're mid 30s, some of y'all 40s. Right. right. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think the try. I think which one you're talking about in '92 is the Rodney King, and I think the '94 mm-hmm. led up to OJ. So, oh, okay, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like how they tied that together, though, because they started off with the Rodney King beating and the trial, the riot, mm-hmm. and then two years later, boom, they the OJ. So it kind of feud, it feuds a lot of the uh, it feud. I can't even say feud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, right. I just kind of mushed it all together. The anger that the people still had from the Rodney King verdict of the not guilty verdict of those officers who beat. Rodney King repeatedly, he was an unarmed African-American, and it was like, what, like eight or nine police officers? You know, it was all caught right. on video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the well, like what about you? That yeah. yeah, that was good. Well, actually, I wasn't going to follow the series until I heard an interview um, with um, Courtney Vance. She was on a public radio, and he talked about um, he took us back to the day that he heard the verdict, which was very similar. Um, his mm-hmm. account was very similar in the way I heard the verdict as well and what happened. 
and he and mm-hmm. a friend were in a, uh, watching the verdict. His friend at the mm-hmm. time was Cauca- is Caucasian, and he said he vividly remember he saying yes, and his friend saying oh no, but uh, mm-hmm. Courtney said that his yes was about not necessarily OJ getting off. It was more so about all of the injustices that had happened over the years and having an attorney, a team that brought to light the kind of what they felt were the injustices of the LAPD. So with that type of insight, I said, you know what, I will watch it because Mm -hmm. I, I, I get it. I didn't understand my emotions at the time. I was much, much younger. I didn't understand my emotions at the time. But I think that's probably what I was feeling as well. And then I do, if I could share, I vividly remember Johnny Cochran visiting uh, Tabernacle Missionary Baptist Church in Detroit after the O.J. Simpson case. And it was standing room only. And somebody asked him what was his most memorable case. And he mentioned it wasn't O.J., as a matter of fact. It wasn't O.J. He talked about other thing, other trials he was dealing with, other cases he was dealing with, and they brought some of those things out in the, if you were listening, the miniseries, they brought some of those cases out. He was talking about the of injustices that were going on and how people um, had been, uh, you know, wrongfully murdered. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so those to him, those were his most memorable trials, the people who were, done wrong and he was trying to, you know, help the families resolve whatever issues they could through through his legal practice. Now, you know, can if I, I could just question? travel down well right. do you mind Before if I could travel down yeah, your memory I... real quickly? Go ahead. You go on down your memory lane. <laughs> I just want to go down memory lane for a second. I come back. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna uh-huh. say well I remember actually um hearing the verdict and I was a freshman in college. I was at the University of Michigan. And University of Michigan, the uh, dominant race there is Caucasian and then you also have minorities such as your African Americans, Asian Americans, Latino Americans and so forth. And I remember that verdict being read just before I went to my English class and you should have saw the straight division. It was like all of the minorities were celebrating, clapping, glad that O.J. Um, did, the verdict came out not guilty, but all of the people who were Caucasian, they were just, I mean, they looked appalled. They looked like they were about to cry. They, And when I went to my classroom, and this was 1995, and I was the only African-American student in that English class, and it was so silent. And I walked in, and I'm like, why is everybody so down? I mean, you thought it was a funeral going on. And I'm like, you know, OJ got off. Why why are y'all mad? You know, and they were looking at me like, I can't believe he got off. And, you know, they were making their comments, and I made my comments. But it was a straight division between the race there. And to me, that showed that racism and the way uh, way that we think about race is still alive. Whether we want to admit it or not, it is still a lot. Now, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes it can be, uh, you know, a bad thing if it's not handled correctly. Now, vague, I'm back. But, uh, oh, okay, right. <laughs> and I, I just want to go forth and tell people that um, we're not trying to, you know, say that uh, Nicole Simpson, Brown, or Ryan Goldman, you know, their tragic death 
is a something that's that we're not you know concerned about because every life does matter. Um, and but I don't like when people use the term he got off because you're insinuating that he did it. You see what I'm saying? So when people are like yeah OJ got off, that means you got like he got away with something. And what I like to I always say hey the verdict came in that uh, he was not guilty. So right. that's how I'm gonna look at it. So. Um, mm-hmm. I do remember, yeah, Jenny, it actually was, I was a senior in high school, and I do, because I, I do remember it, and, you know, predominantly all black high school, everyone was cheering, and I was kind of, you know, I was kind of happy at the time, too, and, you know, we didn't know, we didn't know Nicole Brown, we didn't know Ryan Goldman, we didn't know what happened, but I think black people were uh, interesting, I mean, black people were excited because it was finally, you know, it felt like, you know, a victory in our favor. But what came up, and I wanted to ask LaVenture this, what came up was interesting in this series is when they brought the idea of putting race in the trial and O.J. Mm-hmm. said, I'm not black, <laughs> I'm O.J. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm yeah. like, well, yeah, orange you see is orange. So you got to remember that. <laughs> so, but when he said that, it may it 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 brought you in a little deeper to the to the whole race issue. But venture, could you ex, uh, expand on that a little bit? Well, first I wanted to um, comment, respond to what you said some earlier. Now, not not every African American thought that he was um, innocent. So, right. you know, let's put that out there. Not everybody thought he was innocent. Let's put that out there. Um, but yeah, when he said that, it kind of put you in the for me, it kind of puts you in headspace. Like, well, where was his headspace when you think about his life, his lifestyle, and his lifestyle was certainly wasn't that of the average lifestyle um, in 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 the African American community. So, I think he lived a, a pampered life, and some of that, I think, played into his psyche. These are my mm-hmm. speculations. Um and, and then too when you when you have that type of fame and you have that type of um I'm just gonna call it fame, I think you have mm-hmm. to be careful about people's intentions around you and, and what they're there for. Mm-hmm. So when he mm-hmm. said that, I think that to me personified that he lived his own bubble sense of reality. That was his reality. Now his I don't think his reality expanded beyond um, his community because obviously when this situation came up very, very quickly, mm-hmm. very quickly I believe that race uh, came into factor. Now, if if the miniseries is very close to the actual events because, again, the miniseries is still portrayed some, from somebody's point of view or from the point of view of whatever was um, – Collected and put together for this miniseries, but from the point of view, if if the point of view is close to reality, one of the first things I saw that indicated race or indicated a consciousness or set of race is when the police officer looked at the photo on on Nicole's wall. Mm-hmm. When they went to the scene, they went to the mm-hmm. house, and then he, he goes to the house and he looks at the photo on the wall, and he had a very peculiar look on his face, in my opinion. 
Okay. And, and in my in my mind, that's when they immediately went in for OJ. I I didn't see so far. Mm-hmm. I did not see any pursuit to see if somebody else was involved. I didn't see any investigation to see if right. anybody else was involved. And how do we know the intended um, whoever did this? How do we know it was intended for um, Nicole? Well, you know, usually what happens, if I can recall, um, with the law, when there is a death, they usually go to the spouse first. And the spouse is, you know, questioned first, and may even I get that. I get that. I get that. But where do you go after that? Where do you go after that? But I want to say to you, I, I agree with you. There was no further investigation that we saw in the series. And did you ask about a friend? Did she have any enemies? It was strictly after OJ, you know. It wasn't anything, I didn't see any questions being asked, relevant questions. You know, did she have an a enemy that lived nearby? Was she um, involved in something, you know, gambling, illegal? None of that was asked. And that's usually the, you know, the, the sequence of questions uh, when they uh-huh. even talk to the spouse. But clearly to me that was also a sign of race being, you know, uh, brought up a little bit because here you have this Caucasian woman and this Caucasian man who was um, deceased, was murdered, and you have the black um, spouse. And to me it's like they forgot or not even forgot, but they just was like, look, they saw race. I, I don't think they saw, to me it was like, we see a black man, and we see a dead white woman, for lack of a better term. And that's how I felt mm-hmm. some of it came about. Uh, you know, so I you're mean, saying they didn't do their due diligence in investigating mm-hmm. further because they said once they found enough evidence in their mind, now this is mm-hmm. um, what they, they saw enough evidence, and they just said it's absolutely him, and they should have said, okay, he is our prime well, suspect. And what was the evidence? What was the evidence? Well, what was enough evidence? Hold on, hold on, venture. But before, before we go into, they they could have used him as you're our prime suspect. But we also need to gather more information to see what was her dealings. You know, what was she really exactly. doing? Right. Well, what would have made him had... a prime suspect? What made him a prime sub- oh, suspect? Oh, what being a prime suspect? Why couldn't he just be a that... person of interest? Why couldn't he just be a okay. person of interest? Okay, bitch. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't know. Even, I don't even know the terms. But what I'm saying. That's okay. I mean, I'm that's trying to just trying to I mean, back off what you is, guys said. Lavinia, uh-huh. could I, good lord, <laughs> let him be a prime suspect? Listen, this and is how I go. Also, this is how I go. Okay. <laughs> forget it. Forget it. See, this is what I'm no, saying. You can be the prime suspect, and then they can look at other people. I mean, they can start looking at her her whereabouts, the things she's into. It could have been mm-hmm. someone else. Now, one of the main things that was brought up even then, and my father and, and everybody became a lawyer during this time. I remember that. Everybody <laughs> had passed the bar back in 1995. Every person in every, every barbershop, everywhere, everybody was a lawyer. So, <laughs> so I remember that this was one thing that was brought up. It's two people that were executed. And uh, and they said that the way they were executed, it looked like a professional did this. 
Like it wasn't just a random person just stabbing out of passion. He said the exactly. way they tried to, right, the way they were executed, and they had some type of struggle. When they right. looked at OJ's body, he did have a cut on one finger, but mm-hmm. it was no marks and no scratches, no, you know, no bruises, anything on him. That Nothing. there should have. That's where I think the uh, the prosecutors failed. Right there, they should have said, "Wait a minute. We may not want to charge him with murder, but maybe he he definitely knows something. Because how can you kill two people execution style right. and not have any marks on you?" Now that was always my question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever question. even played? If you just go play basketball for about 45 minutes, you're going to have some marks on you. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be bruised up, you know. So I just – now, that was one of my questions. Go ahead, LaVenture and Jennifer. <laughs> well, how – okay, that was another one of your questions. I guess one of my questions, too, that came out is that overall, I mean, what what, it, what will it take for us to have a very – honest, candid conversation about race and what kind of mindset do we have to have to have this conversation about race? And having a conversation about race does not Mm -hmm. in any way take away Mm -hmm. the value of anybody else's race. And having a conversation about race does not make you a racist. Right. So, I, I, I would really, really like to to know what will it take for America to move forward in a very honest and candid way toward improved race relations. Well, you know, Laventure, you had said something um, a, a while back, and it, it actually came to pass when we had the issue with bullying. You said it was going to take a worldwide movement, and you said this way before it would be, actually became a movement, okay? So I think with the race, um, we also have to make this a movement. And see, the thing is, people, well, that's not important. Why we got to talk about race? Because it's still prevalent. You know, we still, here it is 20-something years later, and we're still talking about the OJ trial. And people are still getting, you know, worked up about it, for lack of a better term. You know, people are still, emotions are coming to pass, uh, you know, everything. So the thing is, it's always there. And like you said, there's nothing wrong with having a healthy conversation about it. But I believe that we have to be taught healthy ways to have that conversation. And how does that happen? That happens within the schools. That happens within the homes. Okay, but you gotta understand that there's a lot of anger that is associated mm-hmm. with race because exactly. of the past. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. We, and, and, and so you gotta understand that there are people who are still angry. There are people who are still upset about things that happen, and and rightfully so, they do have a a reason um, to be upset. They do have a reason to have anger because all of these things have happened. Negative things have happened, usually to minorities. I mean, we can even, when you have to go back to the slave ship, I mean, we can come up now to Trayvon Murray, and we can keep on rolling from there. So uh-huh. the thing is, people still do have this anger. But we have right. to learn well, how mm-hmm. to control the anger. Understand that it's natural. It's natural mm-hmm. to have it. 
Well, how do we place this anger? And what do we do with it? How do we take this anger and to bring it into, uh, let's say, a passion uh, to an understanding and a way to resolve it without actually going to violence? And not just for African Americans. And it doesn't have violent. Vague, you had a comment? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say, this is a very passionate discussion. We went from, you know, the people <laughs> versus OJ over to the actual race discussion. If you want to call in now, you can call in at a 914-205-5635. Again, that's 914-205-5635. I wanted to answer LaVenture's questions also about having a real conversation, and I'm hearing both of you, and I think that what it is is that in order to have a real conversation, you have to be real. You have to be open and honest. It's just like a, a relationship. What America is built on is like this dysfunctional relationship, you know, and what it is is that the reason we can't move past race, I believe, in this country. Now, this is not right now talk radio. This is Vintanella speaking. I believe that no uh, – First of all, the people that are in power are white people. Let's just get, get, put that out there. And they did enslave us, so we're still upset about that. And we could get over the slavery and the mistreatment if it ever stopped. First of all, it has to stop. You know, I can't get over something if you're continuously doing it or you're doing it in different ways. Is racism, then it's institutionalized racism, then it's racism on your job. So, if, first of all, it has mm. to stop, okay? So we, okay. that's why we can't have a discussion. Then also, you have to almost, in my eyes, is that you have to make us equal based on all the things that you accomplished and you were you were given because of slavery. You have to give back to us. And we still have not received our 40 acres in the mule. We still haven't received all the retribution. So I think before we can even have a real discussion is that black people feel that you still owe us. You know, you did us wrong. You never apologized. You still owe us, and you're still doing us wrong. So with that, we can't have a conversation until you first correct what you did wrong, admit what you did wrong, correct it, and then put Mm -hmm. us on even playing fields. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So in Mm -hmm. response to that, and also um, stop doing it. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. In response to that, no. Okay, I got two responses. First, I want to. I first, my first response is I challenge the notion and definition that you have of power. Power can is not necessarily its position, but power could be a collective people. If we you use your resources, power is when right. you decide that we're not going to shop on Black Friday, and then they turn Black Friday into a Black Friday month. Power is Mm -hmm. when you remove what gets their attention. You remove Mm -hmm. what you are contributing that gets their attention, and then that's Mm -hmm. power. So let's expand our understanding of power, and let's expand our understanding of how to get um, attention from any uh, type of group. All right? Now, in terms of uh, retribution, Yes, there have been many policies and practices in place uh, systemically over the years that have purposely um, eliminated or dis- uh, or, or uh, did not include people of color. We know that in housing and business, we know that that is documented. 
documented fact. I don't right. know if retribution will take place. I really, really don't know. Um, mm-hmm. What I do know is that if we understand where our power lies and then if we understand what actions we want as a result of inequalities, and we can move forward. Okay, but what you were asking, well, what what will it take for us to even have that conversation? And I was just looking at it as a point of, hey, for me to even talk to you, you got to at least tell me or you have to admit what was done and that you did it. And what if if they never admit it? What I'm saying, so you're going to have two people that are never really being 100% honest, so your conversation isn't real. Because hmm. if you never admit, like if a man and a woman are in a relationship and he say, hey, I've done some things in the past, but he never admits to the, the, the actual things that he's done, you're not really having a conversation because he's just saying, I've done things. What things, sir? Mm-hmm. You know, trans, mm-hmm. I got transgressions. What? What, what what type of transgression? Okay. What did you do? <laughs> so right. to have a okay. real conversation, okay. you got to have a real, I think you got to be real. Go ahead. Okay, and you can also have authentic relationships. I'll share an example of mm-hmm. share an example. A number number of years ago, when I was uh, worked in mental health, I was at a I worked at a mental health hospital, and I became mm-hmm. good friends with an OT, um, an occupational therapist, who happened to she was Caucasian. And I remember us working on a project together, and I remember. We were, we're developing an OT um, project for the, some of the students that were mentally ill. And in and, and preparing this lesson plan, it was artistic. They were going to do some art stuff, and we were gathering materials and things like that. And I said, and as we look about to get the materials together, um, I said, oh, where, where's the brown? Where's the brown crayon? Where's the brown paint? And she said, um, oh, no, that, we can't, you know, no, it'll mess up the colors. And I said, you know what, we have to use brown. She said, why? I said, because they're brown. And she mm-hmm. said, oh, my goodness, you're right. And she grabbed all the brown. I said, just a few. You don't have to get all the <laughs> But it was just because we had a mutual relationship, we had respect and understanding, I, mm-hmm. I felt we felt comfortable engaging like that. It didn't even occur to her. All she was thinking is about the the colors of the the whatever they're going to put together, and mm-hmm. you know it was just for me to say to her, we got to use brown because they're brown, and it just clicked. Right. Yeah. That's absolutely. And I think okay. when that, it comes to this race, that was but go based ahead. upon a mutual, That was based upon our relationship that we had with each other. And a relationship but you had a real relationship, we had, right? We did, we did. Well, where right. do we start we these conversations with venture? Because that's that's what we've been discussing today. How do right. we start a healthy? I would say a healthy uh, race relation um, conversation. You know, I where do we start? Go ahead, Vic. Uh, I was going to say, um, I think that it has to begin with saying, you know, even as black people, and people got on common because he said this, you have to forgive. You have to understand that, yeah, that did happen to you. Now let's have a real conversation. But I think what the key is is that I can't forgive if you never admit. You see what I'm saying? 
So well, I think people, has, I get that, but some people are not going to do it. They're not going right, to do it. Some people, for those yeah. people mm-hmm. right? And I think okay. for those people, you're always going to have, uh, 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 I would say, uh, somewhat of a fake relationship. Because if you're not even admitting to it, then it's like, okay, we could we could get along, we could keep going, but it's not real. Mm-hmm. I think that it starts in the home. Go ahead. I do. I think it starts within the home and um, having mm-hmm. those healthy conversations, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, And like I said, every conversation doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like a negative one. Like I, I just don't want race relationships to always come out when something negative happens. If right. you talk about this all year round, starting right. within the Absolutely. Home, within the schools, then actually this may help decrease some of these negative situations that's taken uh, part. Because if you're teaching um, your 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 children and you're teaching you know your pupils and your people everywhere, then if you're having it um, 365 days a year, then more than likely people will be more into those who choose will be more into it right. and less likely. But even if, to, even if you look at this month, this is supposed to be Black History Month. Look how they mm-hmm. took Black History Month. You got the Super Bowl, the All-Star Game. You know, you got the Oscars. You got all this stuff happening during our month. To me, <laughs> you're, you're working against it again. Why, mm-hmm. why, why you couldn't do this in March? Why you couldn't do that in March? You know, so we only have 30 mm-hmm. seconds. This seems like we may need to continue it. Uh, because there's a lot of things yes. we can get to, especially yes. Kardashians producing the show. But, oh, please. <laughs> We're not wasting oh, our energy God. on them. So, um, but, <laughs> I know you have close we got 20 this. seconds, LaVitcher. 20 I seconds. Say, Go ahead. You talk about it. There are some national movements on race. There's some national conversation on race. There's, uh, I'll post that on our Facebook page. There are conferences on race. People are having the conversations. People are having they're starting these movements. I guess the goal, I guess the question I have is can there be some type of umbrella or type of over, you know, how do you bring it all together? How do you bring it all together the and move forward? Is over. And then the some, show is over. There, 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 the show there are shows over. about race, too. Um, but yeah, Thank I think, you guys I do for think tuning in to right now talk to, radio. Um, have part two. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you all. 